It's the Dogcast, episode number 370. Hey, we got two hype videos this week. We're back in the bunker. We got a special guest. It's Auburn week, y'all. The Deep South's oldest rivalry. Drop whatever you got. Whether it be the scars you got, gave yourself, or gave others. We are all covered in cuts from carelessness. Sometimes it seems like we have more scars than skin, more sin than sainthood, more dirt than divinity. But all these things are washed away in grace. So come carrying your courage. Come bring your burdens, but hold them with open hands. Bring enough to share, come on in. Tonight, we've got walls to tear down and bridges to build and brothers to build up. Press your hand against your chest. Feel that? Your heart beats like me, and as far as I can tell, we're all in this humanity together. So please drop whatever you got. Whether crowns, credits, or accomplishments, whether ability, identity, or eccentricity, whether masks, monograms, or money, whether artistry, chemistry, or tragedy, whatever zip code or dress code, whatever props you up, holds you down, whatever makes you laugh, makes you cry, whatever you thought gave you life, thought made you die, whatever pain, shame, or guilt, whatever walls you've built, Whatever lifestyle or life trial, whatever trophies or testimonies, whatever stories, scars or secrets, whatever regrets, whatever valleys or victories or histories or unsolved mysteries, whatever we have, whatever we are tonight, let's leave what hurts us and leave with what heals us. Drop what stops us and find what fuels us tonight. I've got your back. Please have mine too. Give each other safe space to drop whatever we got and give grace to fill the vacancy of what we have not. We may not have it all together, but I believe, together, we can have it all. This is our moment. It's all on the line, right here, right now. This is our chance to show the world what we're made of. This is our home. This is the way we do things. And the Bulldogs never back down from anyone. So each and every one, drop what you got, stand on your feet, and prepare yourselves, because the show is about to start. Let's go. All 
All right, guys, it's the Dogcast, episode number 370, and I am back in the bunker with a special guest tonight. Old Dog is still, uh, Old Dog is still doing throwback, doctor. And, uh, so we got you back in the bunker now to, uh, to stand in for him since you can actually make it to the bunker. Um, welcoming Dr. SEC, the, uh, man, you, you've really, you've really just become a big deal, right? I mean, how's, how's things going over in, uh, Dr. SEC land? Well, they're going good. I don't know why they're going so great, but they sure are going well. We're on uh, 21 stations now across the southeast, and so really excited about that. And a lot of other ventures are going on, so definitely staying busy with it. And there's a lot, lot, a uh, lot worse things I could be doing. That's fantastic, man. How can guys hear your show? I mean, do they? Is it, I know you got a website. You want to tell us about that? How they can hear about the show uh, on the internet? Yeah, they can go to uh, two places. They can go to drsec.org, drsec.org. Or they can go to uh, secradionetwork.com, and the secradionetwork.com, we're now putting it where you can go back to the past episodes, on demand, all of that as well. So uh, that's probably the easiest way as far as the show goes. Yeah, that's the that's the thing I'm most excited about, dude. That's, that's That thing is blowing up, man. Yeah, we've got uh, 18 shows now, and we actually, those shows, not not they don't carry all of them, but 32 different stations carrying those 18 shows right now, so that's pretty exciting. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad you could take some time out of your busy schedule, make it to the bunker, dude, to talk to talk about Georgia Bulldog football specifically, man, because as you know, buddy, this is a big week for us. This is as this is as big as it gets. This is the this is the whole deal. This is the season. This we've had some tough losses. The South Carolina loss and the Florida loss coming off those bye weeks and uh they were huge setbacks for us. Both of those losses were huge. At the time of the loss, you know, I thought it was the end times, the apocalypse <laughs> and all that, but but man, this is uh you know, it's it's going to be 43 days since we've been on the field in Sanford Stadium. Uh, the crowd is real. I, I get a sense, man, here in Athens that people are, people are, it's gonna be nuts. You've got Gurley coming back, 43 day layoff, us playing a top 10 team. What do you think, man? Well, I'm gonna tell you what, I, I, I can't, I really believe this is gonna be the most electric crowd Sanford Stadium's had in a long time, and there have been some good ones lately. Thinking back to South Carolina and LSU last year were really good environments, but, this one is going to be crazy. I mean, the moment that Todd Gurley's back on that field, they've been away for so long. It's against a team that they hated already. We know how much this rivalry had reheated back up. And the way it ended last year, Nick Marshall, the king of the five-finger discount, coming back to town. I mean, this should be the most electric game in Sanford Stadium history. And if this is one of those games where Georgia doesn't come out completely on their game, there's something really, really wrong. This should be the best we see them come out the gate. Absolutely. They should step out of the tunnel. How could you not step yes. out of the tunnel? And I know you've seen, you know, hell, we've had two hype videos this week. That's, <laughs> that's all you need to know how big it is. Oh, my gosh. Two videos in one week, right? The the girly video and the We Are One video are just making the rounds and got people. People are, you know, eating gunpowder and smashing through <laughs> brick walls. And, dude, it's 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 big. Saturday is going to be big. And we're going we're going to need it to be big too cuz Auburn is no joke, buddy. 
Yeah, and absolutely. And think about this. I didn't realize this number till the other day I tweeted it out. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. But, you know, that Florida loss, it really was dumbfounding. Like, I, this series is dumbfounding, but it was really dumbfounding, like how they could come out so flat. And I didn't realize how I looked at their schedule going to Missouri, then going to Arkansas, then going to Jacksonville. And, and how many miles they put on. By the time they come back from Kentucky, those four games without their leader, I mean, put that into perspective, without Todd Gurley, four games away, it wasn't just four regular road games. They put 4,566 round-trip miles over those four games. Wow. It wasn't like they went to you know, Auburn and Georgia Tech. They were going all the way out to Columbia, Missouri, which is right by Kansas, basically, coming back, going all the way over to Fayetteville, Arkansas, coming back, and I think the emotional toll really begin to wear on them, and I think now they're going to be so rejuvenated being back home, it's going to be nuts, man. Well, clearly, you could see it. I mean, clearly, we were off our game in Jacksonville, and clearly we got refocused for the Kentucky game, and uh, now we're going to put that to the test. Gurley's back. He's number one in the backfield, clearly the starter. Never any question about that. Uh you know, and I'm excited about seeing Gurley on the field. I'm excited to see how Gurley, you know, because, you know, there's a difference between workout shape and game shape. You know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, so, so I'm excited to see Gurley play. I'll tell you something else, too. I'm really excited to see. I really want Nick Chubb to cross that 1,000-yard threshold. I mean, maybe he doesn't even do it in the Auburn game. But, I mean, I'm excited to see Nick. I want Nick Chubb to get 1,000 yards before this season's out. I want to see him and Gurley really carrying the rock against this Auburn defense. Yeah, and it brings up something that's really interesting because the one thing, and this is a great problem to have because I remember the times where the backfield was a choice of Washon Ely, Richard Samuel, and Caleb King. And Caleb King with a broke jaw, Washon Ely being Washon Ely, and Richard <laughs> Samuel. I mean, I remember that was the days that that was who you had to choose from. But now you're looking at Todd Gurley, you're looking at Nick Chubb, you're looking at Sony Michelle, and you've got to get the ball. And here's the other thing you've got to be cautious about. You finally got Hudson Mason in a rhythm. He's looking good right now. Right. Probably, probably looking the best he can possibly look. And so how they come out and distribute that football is going to be very interesting because I've been one of those that believe this year they should resemble a 1980s type Vince Dooley offense more than any other time. Just right. run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But you finally got Mason with some confidence. He looks like a different guy right now. And on top of that, having, and we know they're going to use Sony Michelle. We know they're going to slot him out. They're going to be creative with him. But, but how many, you know, how many handoffs are they, I mean, how many touches are they going to be able to get Gurley and Chubb and these guys? I mean, it's going to be really interesting because it's a great problem to have, but it definitely could be a problem if you, if you try too hard in one area and get the other guys off. Well, and not just that, but if you're Mike Bobo, I, I want to hear, I want to hear what you think because, you know, we need to run the ball. I mean, you know, conventional wisdom is you want to run the ball, you want to control the clock, keep this Auburn offense off the field. But the flip side of that coin is Auburn's defense is mostly weak against the pass. Couple that with the fact that Mason is in that rhythm and seems to be getting traction with our receivers now, especially, you know, tight end Blazevich, Jeb Blazevich, uh, Bennett, Conley. Those guys are starting to get, they're starting to get something going in the passing game. Do you control the clock and pound the rock 60 plays? 
or, you know, and how much are you going to throw it? You know, the question is, how much are you going to throw it, seeing that Auburn seems to want to give up more yards through the air than on the ground? Yeah, and you're right. I mean, they've the one thing they've done pretty well is their run defense, and, I, and I'm with you. Here's the only thing I care about. I, I understand going for balance. I understand, you know, matchups. I understand that even as great as this running back, Corey, is, you need to spread out. I get all that, but I'm going to tell you something. If I see any more third and short, that's a, you know, ridiculous pass or whatever it is, give the ball. And I, you know, I wish I could sound as cool as old dog here, but give the freaking ball to the running back. And if, you, <laughs> if it's third and two and you can't get two yards on the next two downs, you don't deserve to win the football game anyway, especially when you got Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb in the backfield. Do whatever you want, but on third and short, you better run the football. Yeah, you need to go to the obvious option and just stick with the bread and butter when it really counts. I, I'm with you on that, buddy. I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I hope, I'm sure, you know, that Mike Bobo is down in some Red Bull right now and getting things done, you know. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit then about what we're going to do when we're on defense. That, you know, that that's really the feature that Georgia fans are kind of on edge about is how are we going to stop this three-headed monster of Nick Marshall and Cameron Artis Payne and Corey Grant. You know, Artis Payne's already got 12, 1,200 yards rushing on the season. I mean, they have so many carries and so many yards. They run so many plays. They're averaging seven yards a play as a straight rushing team, Doctor. What do you think, yeah. man? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, i got to give Cameron Artis Payne a lot of credit, and he's, he's doing exactly what Trey Mason did at the end of last year, putting up huge numbers uh, and, and getting better each week. The thing about it is this, though, is I, I, I'm not – listen, they, Cameron Artis Payne is not a home run threat. The guy's only had – his longest carry of the year is just, I think, 35, 36 yards. That's his longest carry of the year. He's not going to hit you with a big home run threat. He's going to sit there and pile it up and try to play old man football, if you will, and just one carry after one carry after one carry. The, the thing is this – listen, I, I'll take – I know, and I don't say this very often because the secondary has been so spotty uh, over the last, well, since Van Gorder left. But <laughs> They've been spotty, you know, since 2005. Yeah. Anyway, okay, keep going. Yeah, but, uh, you know, but listen, I, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to take my chances and load that box because the reality is, is that not only is this, you know, Sammy Coach is really good. But this Auburn offense, their wide receivers, especially especially on the road, they drop more passes than about anybody in the country. I mean, remember, think back to that Kansas State game, how many wide-open passes they dropped. Think back to other games on the road. These wide receivers do not play well on the road. They simply do not. And so I'll take my chances. I'm loading that box, and I'm not going to be embarrassed like I was against Florida. I'm not going to keep getting beat with the same play over and over again. Well, not just that. I mean, you talk about Sammy Coates. These receivers do drop a lot of balls. And like you said, you take your chances, you load the box, you set the edge, which is yeah. another reason why I'm really excited to see Lorenzo Carter get a little more playing time. Because yeah. this offense of Auburn doesn't really play to Leonard Floyd's strength. You know, yeah. it, it's a lot more of a Lorenzo Carter kind of game this week. And like you said, let's load the box. But having said that, when there's less than five minutes to go, you better put five. <laughs> I, I want five DBs on Sammy Coates. And I'm telling you something else. By, by God, if you're going to go for pass interference, you better, by God, interfere with him. That's the one thing I want to say, because I'm telling you what, Sammy Coates 
you throw the ball in the air in the fourth quarter and it's more than 40 yards, that little guy, that dude is going to come down with the ball. And I'm telling you, I'd much rather give up 15 than give up 55. And I'm, and I'm telling you, Damian Swan, if you're going to interfere, you need to interfere, buddy. I mean, really yeah. interfere. Because that Coates is good when the ball's in the air, man. Oh, you're, you're in, absolutely right. In the right. fourth quarter. That's his you're specialty, ab- dude. You're absolutely right. In the fourth quarter, that passing offense, I mean, he goes from like a, a microphone to megaphone really, really quick because he don't do anything all game long. In that fourth quarter, he finds a way to get under them balls. But, you know, and another thing I'm really interested to see as well, though, is because this Auburn offense or this Auburn team in general, they're coming off something we've never seen under Gus Malzahn. Every game, this is the first game they've ever lost that they shouldn't have lost. I mean, they should have lost to LSU last year at that stage of the season. Florida State was a little bit better team than they were last year. This is the first time that Gus Malzahn has had to deal with the adversity of his team just not coming out and playing well. And so it's going to be really interesting to just see where their head is. I mean, you see, because that's been the thing with these wide receivers. When their head's not in it, in some games I'm just wondering – how in the world are these guys, even SEC wide receivers, when you watch how many open passes they dropped? I mean, it's going to be interesting because I, I, I agree. I think they're vulnerable. I think they might be vulnerable. They're they're mentally, their morale, and everything being on the road with the kind of atmosphere that we're expecting this weekend. They could be vulnerable, dude. They really could be. Oh, absolutely, and and there's a lot of a lot of issues they're going to be dealing with. I mean, not just the coming off the loss, not just going into this stadium, but 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 overall, I mean, these guys are just dealing. They've watched they've watched their national championships hopes seemingly go out the door. Now they're playing from behind on, on that. They're they're going into Sanford State. Listen, this is and I hate to pick. Listen, I'm not going to pick Georgia by a blowout. I'm going to tell you why. I love Georgia's matchups in this game. And the problem is, every time I call Georgia for a blowout, they lose. And every time I call them for a close win, they blow them out. So I'm calling Georgia in a close win just to keep it safe this week. But Georgia has all the matchups. Just like you said, what, what they should be able to do, yeah, they haven't been great on defense at times this year. But at home, behind the energy of that crowd, that defense has been much better at home than they've been on the road. And so I love the matchups for Georgia this week. I love what they're going to be, should be able to do. I'm scared because Mike Bobo is still offensive coordinator and it's either hit or miss with this guy. He can't, he can't hit a single or a double. It's either a home run or a strikeout. <laughs> Wreckers or checkers is what we yeah. call it. Um, yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree. I, I think, but you know, I just, I don't know. I got a good feeling. I'll tell you something else too. Talking about this defense containing this offense of Auburn. We really, you know, I want to see, a, we need a big game. We're going to need a big game out of Wilson and Jenkins and Herrera. I mean, Wilson and Herrera have kind of been, you know, since Missouri, they've kind yeah. of been non-existent, man. In the Florida game and the Kentucky game, they just have not been factors, really. We need that all-star linebacker core to really step up and play all-star ball this week. I mean, this is, we need the game. They, I gotta have the game of their career out of Wilson and Herrera and Jenkins this week. 
And and you're exactly right. The one thing that's been disappointing the last couple of weeks has been the plays of the linebackers. I mean, as as a whole unit, and specifically uh, the guys we just talked about, because this really starting four, this unit should be as good as anybody in the country. I mean, they're that talented. And I understand, like you said, there are times that matchups are an issue. You're right. Leonard Floyd is best when he could just pin his ear back, go after the quarterback. I mean, that's all he's got to do. That's sure. all he's got to focus on. That's when he's great. So I get that he's they're outside of their comfort zone, but they've just not looked in it mentally at times these last few weeks, especially against uh, Florida and then, then against Kentucky as well. We forget how, how spotty they looked a few times because of how great the offense was. But uh, hopefully, I, I really think that four-game four stretch, four, that almost, you know, almost 4,500 miles put on, over that period, that small period, no home games, the drama all going around the program. I really think this is the place that they're able to kind of sink back in and focus back in and play the game the way they're supposed to. I hope so, man. I hope so because we need it, dude. This is it. This is freaking Auburn. <laughs> this is, you know, the series in this thing, man. I mean, you know, you know all the history, everything about this. They're up on us one game in the series. I mean, you look at the points. You look at the series record. This is is big and as old South as it gets, baby. I mean, this is big-time football, and we've got to step on their throat. We owe these guys. And it looks like, you know, the last game they played, that it looked like finally they ran out of damn horseshoes. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe yeah. they ran out of freaking horseshoes, and maybe it's finally our time to step on their throat, beat a top-ten team, and really make stamp a, you know, a big win on this season. Yeah, unless Gus Malzahn has dedicated another grandchild to Satan or something over the weekend, <laughs> uh, I, I can't see them having any more luck than they've had. I mean, I can't see, listen, this team, this team, these two teams line up, Georgia is the better football team. And if Georgia can't win this game at home, <clears throat> there's something really wrong. This is a game that they've got to win. I mean, they've got this, and, and this is my opinion on this game. I think this is a program-defining game. I think this is a game that if Georgia goes out there and smacks them in the mouth, that, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the course to take them to the next step. And the reason I believe that, the amount of recruits, the names that are going to be at this game, five-star guys. You know, a lot of people are trending that Josh Sweat, who some people have as the number one player in the country, is leaning now all of a sudden toward Georgia. You're going to have several five-star game program-changing players. Those put in with the guys that are there on campus. You know, it reminds me back, and, and I hate to keep going back to it because of all the blackout talk, but it reminds me of the Auburn-Georgia game a few years ago when uh, when they had the blackout and, and Georgia just went in there and the energy of the crowd and just smacked them in the mouth, and it really helped that program you know, finish out the the season, but I think this oh, yeah. is one. I, I think this. I think this Georgia program is at a crossroads. I really do. I think they're to the place now where they're either going to take that next step and become one of the top five programs in the country, or they're going to begin to go, digress back the other way. And and I really think, and I don't want to get too many hopes in one game, but I believe this is a pro, this is a defining game for this this program. I think they're going to come out. They're going to win this ball game. And it's going to begin to take them to the next level that they've missed for so many years. Dude, I like where your head's at. I love what you're saying right now, man. And this is it, buddy. I'm telling you what, I am really jacked to see some Todd Gurley on that field. I want to see some number three and some 27. I want to just pound it and pound it. And I want, like you said, in the blackout game, and again, I'm against the blackout. I've had guys on Twitter 
asking me if we would, you know, if they could get the dog cast to support black helmets or black jerseys or black socks. We are not into fake juice here, man. <laughs> this is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. I am freaking jacked. I don't care about the color of my jersey or my helmet. That crap don't matter, man. What matters is the, the heart and soul of the game. This is, like you said, this is a program-defining kind of game. And if you can't get excited for that, if you can't get excited to take a run at the East, hey, do you have any idea, when does that Missouri-Texas A&M game kick off? Um, Will we know the outcome of that game before kickoff of this Auburn-Georgia game? Well, I, I hope that uh, I hope that we we uh, the same uh, <laughs> same Missouri and Texas A and M teams show up from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but, I know, right? A and M's getting hot right when we need them to get hot, you know. I, but I, I want to, I want, I still want to win the East. I haven't given up on the, you know, I haven't just. You know, we're not just pissing on the fire because we lost in Jacksonville. I want to win the East. I want Missouri to lose. I want to get hot at the right time. And take this thing all the way, buddy. Missouri, Texas A&M kicks off at 6.30, so they won't know by that time. Okay, thanks, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew you would get the stats on that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's, but, uh, that's a big deal. I bet you, you know, it's going to be one of those deals there where they're announcing the score throughout the game, you know. Listen, I'm going to tell you, this is the honest truth. I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm on the doll cast. I've watched every single SEC play over the last three years. I've seen every game played this year, every single play. And I'm going to tell you, if Georgia – can get hot right now. If they can get behind Todd Gurley, they can beat any team out of the West in the SEC Championship. Now, I'm not saying they would go in and dominate or anything like that, but their running game, I'm telling you, their running game, and when their defense is hot and they're motivated and they're focused in, you look at you look at every team over in the West, there's not one. Listen, Alabama is not a great team away from Tuscaloosa. They're simply not. You get them over in Atlanta, and they're going to have trouble stopping this running game. They can't stop this running game. Uh, and, and if you can slow down Amari Cooper, they've, he's had under 100 yards three times this year. They scored one touchdown against Ole Miss. They scored two, uh, offensively speaking, scored two against Arkansas and one in regulation against LSU. Slide down, slow down Amari. This, they can beat Alabama. They obviously, you know, they can beat a Mississippi State. They can beat these teams if they get there. They got to have Missouri to lose. But if you can't beat Auburn, none of this matters. That's exactly right. I mean, I want Missouri to lose, but first and foremost, we got to take care of business in Athens. So I'm telling you what, man, it's a big game. It's a seven o'clock kickoff. I am absolutely jacked up, buddy. I am yes. super jacked for this game, man. Um, have you got anything else you want to take us out with, man? Do you got any secret? Uh, you want to go ahead and make your prediction? <laughs> yeah, I sure will. But I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I, I think I think one of the best things I've heard on radio last week was Old Dog finally breaking down why they do the pooch kick. The fact that it looks so good in practice <laughs> right. with, with our guys. Hey, that was one of the best breakdowns I've heard. But no, I, I tell you, I think that I think Georgia is going to come out. And I think they're going to come out. They're going to come out hot. I think they're going to, and and Auburn's going to find some success. And I think they're going to make some key stops in the second half. And uh, I, I like uh, Georgia in this game, thirty-eight to thirty-one. Man, that's a good score, dude. I can I can hang my hat on that. Thirty-eight, thirty-one. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. I I might go. Uh... I'm going to go ahead and go with 41-31. I think we're going to cross the 40 line on them, 
And uh, I think it's going to be closer. 41-31 is going to be my prediction. Nah. It is. It is. I mean, it's looking good for the over, though. I'll tell you that. You know. <laughs> but you know, just as soon as you start thinking 41-31 or 38-31, you know, you know, damn good well, that's about the time we see seven to three at the half. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. who knows, man? All I know I, is we need to step on these guys' throat. Think about Nick Fairley and think about Cammy Cam Juice and uh, think about Aaron Murray, man. And let's get this. Let's 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 summon the ages, man. Let's let, let's get this done, man. Let, let me tell you what's most important about this game. That is, you got a pissed off Todd Gurley, and people can say what they want. I know he was in the wrong. I I know. Uh, I, I'm not going to criticize a man because I don't know what his home, you know, we don't know what he needed, what he had. You know, we don't know that. Sure. So, hey, it's done. It's over. It's through. But I'm going to tell you something. This man, when he is motivated, there is no team in the country that can stop him. And and the bottom line is, and I've said this over and over again, he is the most complete running back I've seen in this league since since the late 80s. I mean, right. I, he's, that, he's that good when you look at what he can do, catching, running. And this guy has fresh legs. You're going against an Auburn defense that has been worn down, that has had tough game after tough game recently. They're beat up. They're banged up. This man is going to come, and he's going to have a – I think he's going to have a career game uh, in, in this game. Todd Gurley is about to about to go out, uh, you know, to reverse everything that went wrong, and he's going to he's going to make it right these last few games. And kudos to him for not taking the easy way out. And I, I just – listen, I, I think it could get a lot worse in my score. only reason I'm not predicting it worse is because every time I do – Georgia finds a way to lose. So I'm done. <laughs> I hear it, man. I love it, baby. I tell you what, I'm just ready to play. I'm man. ready to get this game going, man. It's Saturday night. Cannot get here fast enough, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm telling you, everybody's talking about Mississippi State, Alabama, and, and that's going to be a good game to watch. But for me, this game right here is the one that has all the excitement. It's the one I want to see. And uh, I, I'm just glad I get to see a, a player like Todd Gurley play a few more games. I hear you, buddy. What a great note to go out on, guys. Listen, uh, Peter, it's fantastic to have you on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Guys, check him out at secradionetwork.com or drsec.org. Guys, you can check us out on our website at dogcast.com, or you can call us at 706 363 You can email us at dogcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Dogcast. Peter, it was fantastic to have you on the show, man. I'm going to let you take us out of here with uh, some explosive closing comments, man. Uh, I tell you what, uh, go ahead and call the dogs. Do whatever it is you want to do, man. You, you got the final word. Well, I just want to say that this game is going to come down to the Georgia crowd. I believe that this t- this crowd comes excited and pumped up and, and just I don't care if they're wearing black, purple, pink, or orange. If this crowd comes out the way they did – in the South Carolina and LSU game last year, you've got a chance to watch your dogs finally get to the place that we've always hoped they would get to. This is going to be a game-changing, defining win for the Georgia Bulldogs. They're going to go out. They're going to man up. And I believe the best days of Georgia are ahead. Today is not just any Saturday. This Saturday is about tradition. It's about fans. It's about team. It's 
about legends. And Bobo throws that thing in the end zone and... It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Like I said, it's Saturday. It's Saturday in Athens. Saturday, 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 Saturday night's alright. Saturday, 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 Saturday night's alright. It's time to tee it up between the hedges.